Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Yamcast. My name is Erica. And I'm Chris. And we like to talk with young adults and young adult leaders about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Sure. We don't really care about stupid happiness, to be honest, but or even liberty, to be honest, either. But we do that through the lens of the Bible, because that is the best lens you can use, right? Totally. Take that, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> so if you want to touch base with us, there's a number of ways to do it. We are on the social media platforms, a couple of them. And that's uh, just the Yamcast. Or email yamcastpod at gmail.com. Trying to get it in there. You got it in there just in time. Uh, we are uh, we're in we're Hosea. Back. Hosea. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember we were in Hosea? You know, I almost forgot. I thought we finished. It feels like no, a while ago. It was a while ago. But that's okay. I looked over our Hosea notes from the last few uh, chapters so that I don't repeat something. Mm. And that's a good uh, idea, I, I it like been a little bit. I like what we're producing for Hosea. Mm-hmm. Might as well dive into it, huh? I mean, it it at times it feels slightly repetitive. Yep. Which is probably because they're not getting it. Yes. But yeah, one way to think about Hosea is it's the same sermon seven, eight times. And then I think to myself, what a bunch of idiots. How come they didn't get it the first time? And then I think of all the times that I've heard the same sermon again, and right. I go, whoa, Ooh. it's really good. Or the amount of times that I've taught, let's say, a youth group, a sermon, or a college group, I a remember sermon. all of them. Sure. And I teach a sermon, and then the week after I do something similar to the first one, and then every time it's a little bit different, but mostly the same. And then you go to a conference, and someone says, trust in Jesus. And they're like, I've never thought of that before. And you think, what am I doing here? And in that moment, I feel very much like what Hosea, or Jeremiah, or Isaiah, any of these people must have felt like as they preach their guts out, and then nobody does anything. Yeah. That actually is... Probably very disheartening. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And, I mean, from what we've seen from Hosea, I think he, well, he knows that nobody's going to really heed it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that would be tough, right? Yeah. Going to speak to a group of people that you know, you've already seen what's going to happen yeah. next. But you're asked to do it, so you're doing it. You're just being faithful. Mm-hmm. No matter what. So shall we begin with the read through? Yeah, Hosea 10. All right. Verse 1 of Hosea Chapter 10, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Golly, crazy. Israel was a spreading vine. He brought forth fruit for himself. As his fruit increased, he built more altars. As his land prospered, he adorned his sacred stones. So, this just reminds me, like, they were successful. Yep. And success led them to idolatry. Yes. And led them to even more idolatry. The more success they had, the more idolatry it seems they had. So maybe it's even better to not have any success at all. I'm going to be awesome at following the Lord. So no success thus far. How about you? (laughs) 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 This podcast is killing it. I mean. I mean, we've got a bunch of listeners, but we're not like raking in the dough. We're also not trying to rake in the dough either. Sure. It weren't, that's never really why we did it. I mean, like, we we could, like, 
do different things to possibly yeah do that but yeah but i'm just saying if if success can lead to idolatry we have no issues here <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the fact that he he describes Israel as a spreading vine is a very familiar trope throughout the whole Old Testament. This idea that people are like plants, they grow, they develop, that kind of thing. And in, here it's the idea that this vine is spreading and as the fruit increases and grows on this vine, all the vine wants to do is build more altars to other gods. That would be infuriating if I were God. Well, yeah, because you are bestowing this blessing. Yeah. And they're like, it didn't come from you. It came from over here. So we're going to keep, you know, sacrificing to these sure. gods to keep this success. And he's like, they didn't give it to you. Sure. I did. Now, it is possible, I suppose, that you could have success and not slip into idolatry. Yes. And not go further and further down the road. But Israel's not doing that at this point. No. Verse 2, their heart is deceitful, and now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will demolish their altars and destroy their sacred stones. Then they will say, we have no king because we did not revere the Lord. But even if we had a king, what could he do for us? This just reminds me of like pride coming before the fall. Totally. Um, but also just kind of sad where they're like, yeah, we're, we don't have a king. And even if we did, what could he do for us? That's sad. I mean, I guess, I'm. are they thinking of an earthly king? I think so. Okay. But they should be thinking of the non-earthly king. Because I was like, if they're thinking of God as their king, they definitely don't think that he can do much for them. If Right. Or maybe they think they've gone too far and he's not going to do anything for them, you know? Yeah, there's some discussion in the Hebrew, who's talking here? Is it Hosea speaking on behalf of the people? Is it the people speaking... You know, to God, no, there's some, Hebrew wasn't great about giving us pronouns mm. and attaching them to other things, so we don't always know exactly who's talking or what they're talking about. But it's interesting, I think, that in this point in the scriptures, if you're following the storyline of, of Israel, like we have been throughout much of our podcast here, they asked for a king from God, mm-hmm. and God was supposed to be their king. They asked for a king to be like all the nations around them. They are given a king, even though they shouldn't have a king. And now they say, well, what's the king going to do for us? Mm, it, this is, is basically yeah. like le- working with a toddler, <laughs> which you have a lot I, to look forward I, to. Yeah, right. Once he starts speaking and you fight with him about something he doesn't want to eat, and he finally tries it, and he likes it, but he wants more of it, but he's thrown the rest on the floor, and that was all that's left you feel like you're in a just a warp zone. You have nowhere to go. It's a wormhole, and you're just looping over and over and over again in crazy town. Doesn't that sound like fun? Well, I mean, yeah, I've seen the memes or different things yeah. also where it's like the, you know, tantrum, toddler, and it said they wanted this. I gave them this. No, I gave don't. them what they wanted, and now they're throwing a tantrum. Yes. So it's kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's exactly what's being described here. So this is totally the idea of pride comes before the fall. And this fall, the problem is this fall has been building up for chapters. Yes. And it never really gets there at the end of the book. It's just going to be this consistent talking point of, I'm going to wipe you out and here's why. I think I actually am somewhat refreshed by the fact that it's taking this many chapters to describe their fall. God's being very thorough 
letting them know yeah, exactly. Right. You know, this is basically a, a long diatribe about here's all of the things that you're doing wrong and why I'm doing this. And in case you missed it, here's some more mm-hmm. and some more and some more and some more. So some of you might be thinking this is overkill. Hosea is driving me crazy. Let that be something that sinks into you a little bit. Our God is not the kind of God that just like on a whim is like, I'm done. This is a very long standing, consistent driving position that he's taking and he's not backing away. Mm-hmm. Verse four, they make many promises, take false oaths and make agreements. Therefore, lawsuits spring up like poisonous weeds in a plowed field. So at first I thought of how like we might make promises to God, mm-hmm. you know, like if you do this, God, then I'll do this. Like how many times we do that. And we know that we will not keep that even when we're making that promise. It's like you know? you, it's youth camp syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I will never do this again as long as you do this. And I'm guessing, I mean, that's what I feel like they're doing. Like, Oh, totally. They make promises, take false oaths, and make agreements, um, but like they're not gonna uphold them. Yeah, it's hard to make a false oath with someone who not only is all knowing but knows your very thoughts. Right. So, yeah. Verse five: The people who live in Samaria fear for the calf idol of Bet Avon. It's People will mourn over it, and so will its idolatrous priests, those who had rejoiced over its splendor because it is taken from them in exile. Oh, like they they have <laughs> fear of the wrong God. Like just, yeah. I mean, just thinking about it, it's a calf figurine yep. statue, yep. if you will. Probably not. I mean, would you think, is it massive? Could be. Okay. Sure. I'm guessing it's gone or something happened to it because they are mourning over it. Is that, would that be the case? Or are they mourning because something's happening so they're coming to it and they're like lamenting almost to it? Is that the deal? It could be both. Again, Hebrew's not very clear. So it could be that it's gone. It could be that it's been wiped out by somebody else, and so they're just mourning over that. It could be that it's there, but they're going to mourn over it. Mm-hmm. Either way. So both of your questions are but possible. Just really sad, again, that they're not... I mean, it's a figurine, you know? Yeah. And they're... Like, it, se- it seems so foolish to yes. us. Because it is literally... Like me putting up my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figurine. Sure. And doing this, doing this to it. Sure. Sacrificing to it, hoping for success, crying out to it, hoping that this figurine is going to do something. Yeah, sounds like a great plan. That'll go really well for you. Enjoy. <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't go well for them. No, it, not at all. And But I think about it, 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 we do this all the time, though, in our own hearts, I think, as a pastor, where most people, where people come in and they just, they think God is angry at me and they think if, and I, and I have to deconstruct their idea of what they think God is, right? Mm-hmm. He's this big, mm-hmm. huge, angry, bearded man in heaven who has lightning bolts in his hand, who's just waiting for me to mess up so he can shoot a lightning bolt at me and trip me and f- make me fall over. They've watched enough memes. They've seen enough paintings. They, they have this idea of what he is. Yeah. And in this moment, 
they have made a version. I'll even give them a benefit of a doubt. I don't think their calf idol is really to Yahweh. I think their calf idol is to Baal. But yeah, but I'll give I, them I, a benefit. Let me give them a benefit of a doubt and say, no, this calf idol is actually to God. Let's say it was somebody read the Exodus account. They found out Aaron made a golden calf. They thought, let's just repeat that. We'll worship this God. This is our God. He's Yahweh. Again, I don't think that's what's happening. But even if I go that far, that would be like me you know, buying a picture of Jesus at a supermarket, putting that in my room and praying to that because that's going to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And then I think, what an idiot. And then I go, oh, wait, we do this all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, what are you going to do? <clears throat> Verse 6, it will be carried to Assyria as tribute for the great king. Ephraim will be disgraced. Israel will be ashamed of its foreign alliances. Samaria's king will be destroyed, swept away like a twig on the surface of the waters. What a great illustration. Mm -hmm. The high places of wickedness will be destroyed. It is the sin of Israel. Thorns and thistles will grow up and cover their altars, and they will say to the mountains, cover us, and the hills fall on us. So this is more of what's going to happen to them. Yep. Um, And their wealth will be given to those who take them over. Yeah. That's what it seems. Yep. I mean, in... It's interesting, too, going back to the very beginning of this chapter where it talked about Israel was a spreading vine, brought forth fruit for himself, and the fruit increased, and he built more altars. And then here, it's kind of going almost back to that um, plant Uh analogy that thorns and thistles, which you don't want in a prosperous grapevine Field. What do you call those? A vineyard? Vineyard. Well, that's if you're making wine, right? Not necessarily. Anyways. But a vineyard. No, it's a vine field. Vineyard. A vine field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look yeah. at that. Vineyard. <laughs> Learning so many things. Um, <laughs> you don't want thorns and thistles. Those are bad. Correct. But yeah, just talking about thorns and thistles will grow up and now are going to cover those altars. Yes. Like they are going to, yeah, be no more. Right. I mean, even just thinking of thorns and thistles of... Um, not necessarily things that you don't want in your vineyard, but more so from neglect and things too, that that is what springs up mm-hmm. when it has been neglected, you know? Right. And that kind of reminds me of what their altars will become too, is neglected. Sure. So then, which they should be. I'm guessing these are the altars that are to the other gods, not to, but maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I think, have you ever watched one of those documentaries on what happens after humans disappear from the face of the earth? Mm-mm. They're super interesting. You, you know, there's a few out there. I would highly recommend going to find one. Where the earth actually prospers? Is that what it is? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, imagine they like go from city to city and say, it's now been three months since humans existed. Here's what's going on. And buildings are starting to crumble because it's not because the buildings were poorly made, but plants yeah. that we are keeping at bay start to just take over, right? So the streets buckle and crumble. And after years, everything just looks lush and beautiful, mm. but things are growing out of places yeah. and, you know, animals are eating healthy and doing whatever they want to do. It's almost as if the earth is better without us. Right. And that's not the way it's supposed to be, but that's kind of what is being described here. Now, granted, thorns and thistles aren't great for the earth, but regardless, the idea is nature takes over you're not holding it back anymore and it, it just does what it's going to do. Interesting. It's also interesting that they are worshiping gods. We're going to get to this in chapter 11 specifically who are designed to be sort of the fertility gods and goddesses. And what will happen is upon their disappearance, 
those things will actually be fertile and will. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. almost like this clever play on words of your absence will allow the land to prosper in the way that it's supposed to. Let that sink in, Israel. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really crazy idea for us to think over and, and ponder. Verse 9, since the days of Gebeah, you have sinned, Israel, and there you have remained. Will not war again overtake the evildoers in Gebeah? When I please, I will punish them. Nations will be gathered against them to put them in bonds for their double sin. Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh. So I will put a yoke on her fair neck. I will drive Ephraim. Judah must plow and Jacob must break up the ground. Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. That was nice. <laughs> like, I mean... It's beautiful, right? It is. Um, I mean, going back again, I mean, you'll see this throughout Scripture often because it's what they know right. of planting, reaping, yeah. using the ground, that sort of thing. Um, but, and I know we don't always love the idea of like, yeah, a trained heifer needing to put a yoke on the neck, that sort of thing. But I think that also just shows like his grace of like, but I will, I will continue to discipline and to train you into what you need to be. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy Mm -hmm. as you're going to plow and break up the ground. I mean, that just kind of almost reminds me back to. Genesis three also of what the that the ground is gonna not yield fruit easily. Um but just at the very end, like he once again is instructing them on what they need to be doing and and using the analogy of planting, like you're gonna sow righteous like sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you, which also, they don't deserve that, right? Like, no. shower, nothing. Like, they don't, showering of not good things, yes, but like righteousness, man, they don't deserve that at all. But God is going to do that, and he's merciful. Yeah. Let me put you on the spot. Is there any parable of Jesus that this reminds you of? Well, I mean, is it the one with the different soils? Soils, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that Jesus is necessarily quoting this, but there's a consistent pattern throughout all of Scripture that says repentance is like sowing and, and reaping, and it it's breaking up the ground, it's preparing a place for good seed to dwell. And so, there's been a number of really good sermons done on that parable, the parable of the soil, and the only thing that you and I are actually responsible for is the soil. I have no responsibility in the seed being sown because I can't do that to myself. Someone has to sow the seed. Now, once you understand who Jesus is, you're the one sowing, right? You're the one throwing out the seed. You're the one that's taking part of the action of of sharing the word of God. But the only thing I can be responsible for in that entire parable is what condition the ground is in, in my heart and whether the soil is ready. And when you read that verse right there, sow, yourself, sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, break up your unplowed ground, it is time to seek the Lord. I can seek the Lord, but if I'm not going to do so with a heart that's ready to go, if I'm not going to break up this fallow, nasty ground and make it as good a soil as I can so that when he speaks, it's ready to grow, I've got nothing going for me. 
So I think it's very interesting that this is a consistent pattern throughout all of Scripture. And then we think today, like, well, God just, just doesn't love me, so whatever. It's like, whoa, you are responsible here. You do have, yeah. For repentance. You're, 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 you're responsible to some extent for seeking humility and asking God to change you. Can you change yourself? No. Can you plant the seed? No. Can you actually grow the seed? No. Can you reap the seed? No. You're not responsible for any of those things. What you are responsible for is, are you rocky soil? Are you thistles? You know? Or, mm-hmm. No. Okay. Plow. Break, like, Go yeah. crazy. Break up your unplowed ground. Like, that's so great. Isn't that great? Verse 13, and then through the end of the chapter. But. But. <laughs> but you have planted wickedness. Remember that really good reaping thing that we just talked about? And yeah. Unpl- yeah. But you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil, you have eaten the fruit of deception, because you have depended on your own strength and on your many warriors. The roar of battle will rise against your people, so that all your fortresses will be devastated, as Shalman devastated Mount Arbel in the day of battle, when mothers were dashed to the ground with their children. So it will happen to you, Bethel, because your wickedness is great. When that day comes, when that day dawns, the king of Israel will be completely destroyed. This is lowercase king. Good times. Correct. That our big king will not be destroyed. No. Yeah, I think the the main word here is the but at the beginning. Like these are the things you should have done. But. So so righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, break up your unplowed ground, seek the Lord. But but you actually planted wickedness and but. you have reaped evil. Yeah. You have eaten the fruit of deception. And I think, and then another key word is because you have depended on your own strength and on your many warriors. Like, you depended on very earthly things to really get you through. You did not depend on on God. And I think that's kind of the key there, too, is how was, like, the wickedness planted and... Obviously, if wickedness is planted, you're going to reap evil. And it's because you depended on your own strength. It kind of reminds me of, um, was it Psalms 3, where they're saying, like, don't lean on your own understanding. and Proverbs, yep. Yeah, Proverbs, thank you. Yep. Um, like, that's what that kind of reminds me of. Oh, totally. Totally. And I think it's interesting if you go back to the beginning of, of the Bible and you look at Genesis and you think, Part of what Genesis 1 is saying is God declares things good. He's the one that tells us what's good. He's the one that lets us know what's good and what's evil. And then he puts a a tree in the garden to let us decide, are you going to let me define good and evil for you, or are you going to try to define it yourself? And our first move is, well, that looks good. So we decide to take it for ourselves. That's exactly what's being described here, is it not? Mm. I mean, this idea of I'm just looking to do what I want to do. I want it to be my way. I want it to, you know land the way I want it to land. I want to be in charge of my own domain. And God's going, you're, first of all, you're not. And second of all, what are you going to do? I mean, mm-hmm. that's not how this works. So at the end of the day, we go, all right, well, uh, okay. I will either take God at his word and let him be the one that leads me and guides me, or I'm going to do things my own way. I'm going to cause heartache and, and heartbreak for myself and life will be miserable. So what's it going to be? Did you uh, dive into Bet Arbel at all? 
just a city. No, I did not. It's a city in Gilead. Uh, Mount Arbel is a really cool little place to go. If you go to Israel with me, everyone will see it, but I don't know if we'll ever get to go to Israel again <laughs> I know. because like, international travel is a blast right now. But yeah, so that's, is that the end of the read through? Yeah. Is that what we got? Yeah, that's, that's so th- chapter 10. That means it's time for the deeper dive. And, uh, I really just have one thing that I want to talk about and, it's kind of been highlighted throughout the whole book. A little bit in this chapter is really key. And one of the questions that's being asked of us in Hosea is, what type of building are you doing? And I don't mean mm. you, Erica, but who whose kingdom are you building? Are you building a kingdom for yourself? The idea of actually building kingdom, right? Power, might, uh, warlike ideas, this idea that if I'm in charge, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to be able to force people around. If you haven't noticed, the scriptures are full of individuals that do that. And they're not immediately judged in the way that we would like them to be judged at times. Yes. Right? I mean, there are individuals that people wish they could go back in time to eliminate them. You know, the great time travel idea of if I could go back and just wipe Hitler out, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. As if that would stop humans from being disgusting to one another. If it wasn't Hitler, it was going to be somebody else. Somebody eventually is going to rise up and be like, those people should die. I'm going to take care of it. Are you following me? And people, we all go, yeah, because they're evil. Uh, We do this all the time. We're doing it now in a number of different ways, not to the extent that Hitler did it, but we, we like throwing people under the bus. We like make people feel terrible about themselves. And the idea is it's not us. We're fine. Well, yeah, Yeah, it's everybody. It's it's, everybody who disagrees with us. Yeah. And as long as we get a big enough group together that all agree, then we can really justify anything. It doesn't matter what we do as long as we win. Mm-hmm. That's really the idea, right? I mean, so the idea of building kingdom is a consistent theme and pattern throughout all of scripture. What are you doing? And so in the beginning of chapter 10, the, the question is, I've given you these things and you built, and I gave you more and you built more. And all you've done is you're building and you're building and you're building and you're building, but you're not taking care of anybody. You're not actually uh, accomplishing any purposes. You're just, you're just doing whatever you want to do. And as you do whatever you want to do, there's a, there's a piper coming. Eventually this is going to lead to a bad situation for you, but go ahead and do your thing, but understand this is how it's going to end. And when it ends, you're going to then complain that it ended the way it ended. And you're going to wish that I was more merciful and more kind, but I've given you all the chances I'm going to give you. And so the idea of building kingdom especially for humans is well, how much power and authority and might can I build and gather for myself? How much can I make other people bow down to me? How much can I make other people feel bad about themselves? How much can I accomplish so that people build a statue to me? And then they ultimately lift me up and, and ask me to run the show and to do things. That's this King figure that they keep yeah. calling for right in chapter 10 versus really what we see that God wants us to do based on the scripture would be to build shalom, right? And when you go to Israel or you say hi to someone, if you know shalom, you know, you might say, well, shalom, you know. Uh, there's this great song that my kids learned to learn the Hebrew alphabet, and it, it starts with shalom, yeladim, which means good morning, children, or hello, peace mm-hmm. to you, right? And so you'd say peace, shalom to someone. And we think of peace as the absence of war, right? I mean, that's usually what we think of. Like no conflict, sure. harmony. War, Peace. Those are the, the diametrically opposed yeah. concepts. And really, in English, that's true. Peace is a great thing. But we also try to, I think the best English word for shalom would be completeness. Mm-hmm. Right? And 
you know, just to kind of throw this out here, each of us have had things in our life that we thought we were missing. And when we received it, it did complete us to some extent. It gave us more of than we thought we were going to be right. Mm -hmm. This idea of I I'm missing something when I get that in, it locks in place and it becomes another part of who I am. And I go, well, this is really, really cool. And the idea of Shalom is more that it's you would, if you put the last brick in a wall, the, the wall had achieved shalom. You have given it shalom. If you have a garden and you're looking around the garden and the only thing that's missing is is a, a really great vine, right, mm -hmm. to, to join your vineyard. And so you go and you find this this beautiful type of grape and you put it in and you your garden might have a sense of shalom. We almost might, you know, feng shui or something today, you know, like, yeah. or uh, what, what's that girl's name on uh, on Netflix? I forget her Kondo. name. Kondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marie, Marie Kondo. Marie Kind of, kind of, whatever. I think so. But yeah, this idea of just sort yeah. of, I want, I want balance in my life. I want a lack of of bad things, and we think of that is what shalom is. But really, the it's close. But the idea of shalom isn't a sense of perfection. It isn't a sense of I can't add anything more to this. It's really more the idea of this is perfect. It, it's complete in the sense that if I didn't have anything else, great. But the Hebrew word of shalom would be that you could actually pass shalom on to others, or you can keep adding more and more shalom to your own life if you really wanted to. More completeness, more uh, fitting things together. Um, I don't know that you're ever done in the idea of shalom. And so when we think of, of shalom and we think of it, I, I would like to think of it as diametrically opposed to this idea of kingdom. Kingdom is more power, more might. You're never going to get enough, right? You build this massive pile of wealth for yourself, and that is kingdom. On the other side, if I had a, a pile of wealth that was beginning to build and I saw someone in need and I gave them some of it, that's actually shalom, hmm. right? I mean, this idea of I've been You're given. you trying to almost give them completeness. Yeah. Totally. That's totally the yeah. idea. And that's really what, what Hosea is calling us to is this idea of what shalom looks like is completeness. And it's not just for me. It's for you. and It's for the person next to you and, and all of us. If we can work together, we might see something beautiful happen. And if we do it in God's name, then it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's a kingdom that we can get excited about versus the kingdom of earth that we don't get excited about. And so when I read Hosea 10, I just, I see this more in the sense of, especially when you, when we read that verse a little bit ago, plowing iniquity, reaping injustice, you know, just this idea that we are supposed to be sowing for ourselves righteousness. We're supposed to be reaching steadfast, reaping steadfast love breaking up fallow ground, you know, choosing to be people who are committed to the kingdom, doing things God's way. Instead, what we end up doing is we just keep reaping unrighteousness. We keep doing terrible things. And then we go, I don't know why my, wife, my, why my life is not complete. I don't know why I don't have this sense of shalom. I'm keep chasing something, right? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. If you want to quote you, you know, quote you too, uh, which by the way, sing too. It's pretty great. Uh, but that's that's a monthly five. Sorry, that's down the road. But this idea of just, I want to feel completeness, that's what we all want. The problem is we chase after the wrong thing. And so I don't know if that's really as much a deeper dive as it's a major theme throughout all of Scripture. And we just need to kind of grapple with that, especially as we, we finish up, Jose, here in the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. So let's get practical. Let's get practical, practical. So I think kind of going off of that. Um, okay. So they, I feel like a lot of times going with the, the building kingdom versus building shalom, a lot of it I think has to do with with um, 
earthly things and us wanting to be in control, mm. right? So, and having earthly things, tangible things, helps us to feel like we're in control. Yeah. And I think that's part of why they bow down to the things that they bow down to. And, I mean, even as you said, you, you're, like, giving them the benefit of the doubt. If this was actually a calf that was supposed to symbolize God, which right. probably not, but sure. maybe. It, for some reason, makes us feel better as humans to have something tangible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the the thing with um, with the kingdom building, too, is, like, we want... I mean, some of it is just for our own, like me wanting success, earthly success. But some of it also is just me wanting security and yeah. just to f- feel comfortable on this planet yeah. that is opposed to us as Christians, right? Like, sure. So we don't, we just technically shouldn't feel secure and safe and comfortable on this planet when this is Satan's domain, the fallen angels. It's their domain and. They're against us, and we're continually striving to almost use their things to make ourselves feel secure and comfortable That's and a good safe, yeah, right? That's a really good like, thought. I like that. And building of, of shalom, I mean, the, you gave an example of using a tangible, like you gaining wealth and then using that to, to help others. Um, but a lot of building shalom, I think, is literally just a mindset, too, mm-hmm. of um, – of just being safe and secure with him, with God. Um, I mean, because even, because I think what a lot of people will say on this planet too is like, you can do it on your own. You can, mm. the, it's almost like humanism, like we are our own God. And um, as we read with Hosea, he's like, why did they reap evil and plant wickedness? It's because they depended on their own strength. Like we're not meant to do it on our own. Right. But we constantly are trying to use, yeah, earthly things to to fix it or to get completeness yeah. or to whatever it might be. And, like, those things are opposed to us. Mm-hmm. And those will become gods that we end up worshiping that are not going to – I mean, we laugh at them bowing down to a calf. Or, like, it would be like us doing that to a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figurine. Mm-hmm. But, like, we – bow down to earthly things all of the time. And we don't think at all that it's like, I mean, I think we know that it's not right, but we'd still do it because again, it gives us security. It gives us comfort. Right. It gives us control. At least the per se. Yeah. Yes. The perception. Yes. Of, it no, makes no, us feel like we have that. No, yeah. it, you're yeah. right on it. It's great. It's the perception of control. And we think if we have it, we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And then we get it and we want more of it. And then it's the kingdom building almost right. instead of shalom, which is with God and him giving us that completeness and him yeah. continually restoring us and giving us strength. And if he does give us success, we don't hoard it for ourselves, no. but we actually use that to, as you even, as an example you gave, like give shalom to others, you yeah. know? But I think that yeah, a lot of what our, because we do the same thing they do. We bow down to the wrong gods all of the time. We just look at them and think that theirs are foolish when ours are equally as foolish. Right. 
And so we need to kind of be thinking about what is, what am, yeah, what earthly things am I trying to gain security from? Or what earthly things am I trying to gain comfort or control? Like what makes me just feel good knowing that I have that? And yeah. some people are far easier to not have control or like it's easier for them to not have control, right. whereas other people really value that. Um, but we all in some way are doing that. Right. In some way, we're not quite fully trusting God with everything. There's still things that we're like, me having a good schedule is what makes me feel good, or me, whatever it might be, makes me feel in control and, right. and or a semblance of control because we really don't. There's not much that we have control of. But as you had mentioned before, another kind of part of Let's Get Practical the thing that we do have control of is what soil do we have? And I think that's a valid question to be asking ourselves. I mean, going back to Jesus's parable, is it rocky? Right. Meaning that roots don't really get to grow. Is it completely trampled on, meaning it just sits there? Yeah. You know, is are there thistles and things in your life that are quenching it and not allowing it to fully? Right bloom like it should um or do you actually have good soil i mean like it's really and i feel like this is a question you should be asking yourself often because the soil changes yeah it does not stay the same so if that's a i mean even us starting this year maybe that's a monthly question you ask yourself maybe that's a you know what soil do i have and some of the ways i think you can judge that is like what are my attitude like what's my attitude like right Am I kind of cynical all the time? Right. Maybe you got some of those thistles and thorns in there. Am I not, do I not take correction well? Am I kind of defensive all the time and I'm not really humble? Like that's pointing towards not having good soil. Am I actually listening to Lord's direction or am I trying to control things? You know, like just those are, would be questions and things that could pop up that you're like, ooh, wait, that's not good soil to be mindful of. Yeah. So. No, that's incredibly practical. And I think if you really want to know whether what, you're, you're pursuing is happening in your life, ask the people around you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think we could convince ourselves, yeah, yeah, I'm more peaceful. Look at me. I'm great. And then we ask yeah. our roommate in college and they're going, no. Nah. You've kind of bit my head off a few times. <laughs> so I would say no. Right. You ask your significant other or you ask your spouse and they go, eh. There have been times to totally out myself here where we have talked about something on the podcast and Heidi's pulled me aside and be like, that's not exactly the perception I have of that. Mm. Such as, you know, I, I'll say I, I talked to the girls about this thing and had this great conversation and she'll pull me aside afterward the podcast and go, yeah, I heard you say that on the podcast, but I talked to our kids as well and here's their perception of what you said. And I'm like, oh, okay, not as good at this as I thought. I was. <laughs> so so there, there are moments all the time where I'm being questioned by my family to live up to what I say I'm living up to. Mm-hmm. And I love that now. I've, I've not always loved it at different points in my life, but I'm, I'm growing and developing. But really what that's describing is just humility, is it not? And that's really what we're saying here is you have to be humble enough to realize my soil needs to be right. And I think even to take it one more step, I can't make my soil right. So it's me going to God going, I can't plow this up the way I need to. I need you to do it for me. Mm-hmm. What's that going to look like? So... Uh, what what does that person in the New Testament say? I I have I have belie- I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Yes, right. Yeah. What a great line that I I just it flows in my brain all the time. Mm-hmm. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. 
man, yeah, I'm there more often than I'd like to be. So, mm-hmm. ready? Mm-hmm. Council Corner with Erica. One more time. Council Corner with Erica. Oh, it's just so much fun. I haven't heard it in a long time. <coughs> the auto-tuned version of myself. I know, it's great. So, my Council Corner for this episode has to do with us starting a new year. Um, some of us might love starting a new year because just the possibilities that are before us or we just like the clean slate of it, whatever it might be. Right. Then there might be some of us who don't really like the start of a new year. Like it can be sad, the ending of a year. I know I can kind of have that sometimes where I'm like, golly, that means I'm getting older, you know? And like (laughs) that... The endings of things have not always gone well for me. It usually takes me a long time to get over those things. So wherever you are, if you mourn starting a new year or if you're excited for a new year, I strongly urge you to still look at this year and and think of goals and think of things that you would like to accomplish. Don't just come to the end of this year of 2022 and kind of go, I have no idea what even happened. Right. Or... And maybe that means you document it more. I'm not necessarily meaning social media. I could that could just be writing down things more. Um, could be journaling. Could be. I mean, I I had a what is it a one line every day, and it's like a five year journal. Sure. And um, I think I maybe made it three years, but <laughs> um, which is still great. But um, super. But just maybe yeah, maybe that means documenting it more, so you're not forgetting things. Um, but maybe that also means sitting down. And setting down intentions for what you would like this year to be. Not necessarily resolutions. They could be resolutions. They could be whatever you would like them to be. But maybe it's just things you want to be more about. Um, Maybe it's books you would like to read. Maybe it's setting, yeah, like a number of books you would like to read. Maybe it's getting involved in things that you've not done in the past. Whatever it might be, I just, I would advise you to take some time on your own and really think about what you want this year to be about. And grant, and, and I mean, as we're talking about it, it should always go through the lens of God. Like it should be about building shalom and not building yourself and building your own kingdom. Um, but even within that, I mean, maybe that means starting a Bible study. Maybe that means getting involved in a Bible study. Maybe that just means getting involved in things, um, n- getting to know people more, whatever it might be. Uh, but don't let this year go by and then be like, oh, I don't even know what happened this year. Right. Um, but be intentional with your year because we don't have a ton of them and your, your time on this earth is limited. So use that time wisely and yeah, be a, be proactive in what you want this year to be about. I think it's a good word <clears throat> and it's a good way to start a year and a good thing for us to, to process as we, yeah, consider 2022 and what it could be and, that's helpful. I also love the little uh, moment there of you don't have to blast it on social media. Yeah. It can still happen without needing to be posted about. It's okay. <laughs> That's such the a helpful thing. The sunset was still pretty. <laughs> you know, the book was still read. If you want to post it, you can post it, but you, but you also don't have to. The pressure is off. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Yamcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at the Yamcast. 
We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com.